0: Welcome to Six Pack. I'm your host Erin Inselman. This is an uncut show that supports parents in the enjoyment of raising children and having the fire and spirit to do life, with a side of sarcasm and humor, of course. I'm a mom of six, a wife, and a business owner in the health and fitness industry. Each week, myself and other experts will be sharing pointers and stories on parenting, self growth, health and fitness, and relationships. Join me for this real and raw show dedicated to sharing tips, tribulations, and the triumphs of everyday life. Have you ever just felt overwhelmed when it comes to nutrition? Feeling like there are so many different diets out there, there are so many different ways to maintain weight, to build muscle, to lose weight, that you just don't even know where to start. Well, well, me too. That's why I continue to read and learn and educate myself, listening to experts, reading books from experts, taking classes so that I can determine what is the best way for me to get the results that I want. So today I invited a guest on, Brian Inselman. He is my husband. Some of you may have listened to one of the other podcasts that he was on with me, but Brian has quite an extensive background. So Brian has his doctorate in physical therapy, but before that, Brian actually was a personal trainer and a nutritionist at a series of different health facilities. And so he has, oh gosh, over 25 years experience in the health and fitness industry and with nutrition. And he is, in my opinion, definitely an expert in this area. Today I asked Brian if he would come on and Explain to us or educate us a little bit more on intermittent fasting, the amount of protein that we need, male or female, and the importance of water consumption and the role that it also plays within our health. Brian, thank you for joining us again.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So I wanted to talk a little bit about intermittent fasting and educating the audience on exactly what that means, because a lot of times we hear things like that or catchphrases like that thrown around, but maybe we don't have a full understanding or the full depth of knowledge of it. So could you explain to the listeners what intermittent fasting is?
1: Sure, I guess. So intermittent fasting is basically an eating pattern that cycles between fasting and then eating your foods. So. It's not really specific types of food you're supposed to eat. It's just more or less when you're supposed to eat it. Um, there are common methods of of this type of, of fasting. There are 16-hour fast or fasting for 24 hours, depending on which methods you use in different diets that are out there. Common ones are out there, the 16-8 method. That's typically where you go for 16 hours of fasting and then you ha- eating your calories over 8 hours. And then there's also the eat-stop-eat types, which you're fasting for 24 hours, typically 1 to 2 times a week.
0: Right, so intermittent fasting is like Brian said. It's where you switch between periods of eating and fasting. You still eat that normal amount of food that you normally would eat during the day, but it's just like in this smaller time frame. And that time frame typically is called like your eating window. So the benefits of intermittent fasting it is it it does help to reduce insulin. It lowers our blood sugar. It reduces any kind of inflammation within our bodies, and it also reduces that bad LDL cholesterol. So Brian, I know you can probably give us a little bit more expertise and a little bit more information in that area as well.
1: Yeah, so the benefits of fasting, there's kind of more or less the body adjusts its hormone levels to store fat more accessible. So that's kind of the biggest benefit that people choose to do intermittent fasting for. And as you mentioned, you know, it does help with lowering your insulin level. So your body actually becomes more sensitive and improves in the insulin ability. So when the body has a lot of insulin inside the body, it's less likely to use stored body fat. Whereas when the insulin levels drop, your body is more likely to use the stored body fat in there. So that's another big reason for that. Levels of your human growth hormone also increase when you do the intermittent fasting. You get a chance for cellular repair so, what happens is the cells initiate their cellular repair processes when it allows for the recovery process. The gene express changes in a function to assist in the in the longevity and protection from disease when you do intermittent fasting. It also allows for your digestive system to rest and recover so many times we are eating constantly so that our body is constantly in that digestive process with never allowing the the digestive system to recover properly so when you get a chance to do this with the fasting, it allows for many of those functions to happen. It also gives you a slight boost in metabolism. At least these are what a lot of the studies are showing, or some of the things that are showing out there for doing the fasting.
0: And you really—you've done intermittent fasting for quite a few years, haven't you?
1: Yeah, there's actually been some times where I'd, I'd like to do the sixteen-eight method. That's, That's what I've used I like to use. too. And I have there was actually was uh probably about a two-year period that I did strictly just intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And so. There's been different types of sixteen eight processes as well. So some have shown to like do your sixteen hours of fasting from like your last meal of the day. Well, it's always usually your last meal of the day, but yeah, I would usually do it to where it was my dinner meal, my evening meal. Right. So it typically be done around eight nine o'clock at night, and then I would take sixteen hours and wouldn't eat till twelve one o'clock two o'clock the next day.
0: Right, which is actually a pretty typical <clears throat> one. Right. Like when I do my sixteen eight one. I actually like to finish eating a lot earlier. So, a lot of times I will be done eating by like three or four in the afternoon. And then that way, my 16 hours starts then. And so, then my 16 hours obviously starts more in the morning time for me, like around seven o'clock or 8 a.m. in the morning. And part of that for me, I just felt like that helped my energy level a little bit. And I think maybe it's because I, I mean, we both work out in the morning, but I think part of it for me at least was after my workouts, like an hour or two after my workouts, usually I'm really pretty hungry and I just kind of need something to get my energy level back up. So I found that if I stopped eating around three or four and did my 16 hours that way and then ate for those that eight-hour time period, that that was a little bit better for me myself.
1: Yeah. And there's even been studies showing that sometimes it may be more beneficial for you to do, and that's kind of more of the circadian rhythm type thing mm-hmm. is to where that you do your mealing, your eating eight hours on at seven in the morning and going until, and then, then after that eight hour period, you go with your fasting in the evening. And they've been showing some studies show quite a bit of benefit for that. So it's really kind of depending upon things. I don't know how. I've seen studies showing both ways being very beneficial. So
0: when you started intermittent fasting, like you said, you've been doing it for two years. Do you remember like what were some big things that you noticed or you changed or you felt like within your body when you did that?
1: What it taught me, just, this is more, just more or less my personal feelings and everything on Mm -hmm. it and how I experienced it is that I didn't need to eat as much as I thought I needed to eat throughout the day, because I felt I had to eat every three to four hours constantly, and that was the type of diet plan I have used for many years prior to that. And I found that by doing this, I gained more strength okay. because I went through a different time frame. I, I allowed myself to recover, and when I allowed my body to rest from eating at times and give myself the nutrients it needed, then again, my insulin levels kind of leveled out quite a bit at first it was really difficult for me because my insulin levels are very sensitive. Yeah, they are. And if I drop in my blood sugars quite a bit, my insulin levels spike, and then I need to eat or I get become very... Irritable? Um, yeah, hangry. <laughs> so, And so if I'm not eating properly, then I know that I got to get some food in my body. Well, by doing this intermittent fasting, there's several different things. I've, I followed along the renegade diet, which some of the positives, negatives I hear in studies show different things. Regardless of that, I kind right, of follow some Right, you can only give stuff. your and own
0: opinion on how it affected you.
1: The thing about any of these diets is that it, it doesn't tell you what to eat. Yeah. It doesn't tell you what to do. On it the does, intermittent
0: fasting ones. Right.
1: right. The biggest thing of those is why it makes a big difference, or at least one of the biggest differences, you're reducing your calories throughout that time frame That's you're eating. That's true. Because if you take the eight hours and condense the amount of calories, you're going to spread out throughout your whole day, your awake day, you're not going to eat as many calories at one day. So sure. you're reducing the amount of calorie intake, and it's sure. always calories in versus calories out. Sure. And so how I would do it, I work out early in the morning. I work out really early. I go up, get in my workout. And then at first, I was reading different things. And I, I was like, I got to eat something. So I would have a protein shake directly after my workout. And then I would just drink green water, waters and with greens in it throughout the yeah, day. Yeah, or
0: lemon. And, until yeah.
1: it was time to eat again. And then I would eat my meals after that. And then obviously, I'd go on my fast again in the evening.
0: Mm-hmm. So did you notice that did it take you like a week or two weeks? Do you remember like yeah, that how first long week it was took miserable. you to kind of establish that pattern and get yeah, your levels? Because it has been so be- long
1: since I did it. I don't remember exactly how long it took me to, to establish my I body remember level. the
0: crankiness a
1: little bit. <laughs> But I know it took at least a week or two yeah. before I actually got to where I wanted to be. I'm sure my clients were not very happy with who I was at that Wait, time. Wait,
0: clients? What about your wife?
1: Yeah, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> kids? <laughs> my wife and kids. My wife has been through many different types of diets with all my bodybuilding stuff and everything else we've done in the past. So yeah. I think she was pretty mentally understanding of that. Yeah, And like
0: Brian had mentioned, I mean, he's always kind of had a bit of a fluctuation when it comes to his insulin levels and like his blood sugar, you know, whether it was when he was doing intermittent fasting or not. I mean, his body's just very, very sensitive to what he puts in it, the fuel that he puts into his body and the timing of it. And so, but this was something that you've, after your body kind of stabilized, you've you stayed with I, it for... Yeah, I, I, you I actually really enjoyed it because
1: what I did... So how I did this was, and what it was kind of portrayed to me when I went through the Renegade Diet is that my first meals are going to be greens, healthy fats, and proteins. Mm-hmm. No carbs. Mm-hmm. And so then I would eat my first... I had like three to four meals in that time frame, and i actually eat about six meals in that eight-hour time frame. Right. Because that's the way I did things. And so... And you're at about a 3,000 calorie diet. Easily. Easily. And yeah. I would do, so I'd have salads, I would have um, avocado, almond butter, all the good healthy fats with my uh, early meals, and then lean proteins like chicken. Fish. Yeah, but you don't like to cook fish, so I usually have chicken. <laughs> I love fish, but I don't get a lot of fish. <laughs> so that would be my first three to four meals. And then I would have my evening meals, which then I would be have like about two of those. And they usually consist of my greens, my lean meat proteins and carbohydrates, mm-hmm. as minimal fats as possible. And so the theory of this is that you eat that way. So the end of your day, you're having a high carbohydrate meal, which then knocked me out. Yeah. Because it's such a high carbohydrates, my body metabolizes carbohydrates pretty quickly, especially when you eat this way, your body's going to process that, your blood sugar's going to rise a little bit, and you're going to be out, put you to sleep. And I've noticed, I'm pretty sensitive throughout the day anyway, when I have carbohydrates, and I've noticed in the past, like, you you may notice it too, at times, a lot of people will have their lunch, and this can be full of carbohydrates, and then, like, the two o'clock time frame, everybody is just about falling asleep. Yeah. And it's a lot of times because you've had those carbohydrates where you're fluctuating up and down with your body, with your blood sugars, and then your body's preparing to go to sleep. So when I would do it at night, it put me to sleep, and it was great. It was actually really healthy for me. It allowed me to sleep really good at night. It didn't sit in my body very quickly because mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of fat there, so it didn't sit. Right. It got rid of it really quick because my body's processing it. Right. And therefore, then, when I got up in the morning, I was more energized. I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I would get... I'd drink water with greens and always my apple cider vinegar, and I would go work out. And workouts got to be really powerful and great at that point in time, and i I felt really energized when I do it. And then as I got more used to it, there were times I wouldn't eat a drink a shake directly after because I wanted to keep that fasting period going until it was time to eat again. Mm-hmm. And at first, that was difficult too, but then I got used to that process right. because I kept up my greens and my water. I would change my, my water throughout the day as well, doing some electrolytes with my greens and some lemon as well, kind of changing that water intake so that my body was getting all the nutrients it needed in the micro state sense of the word. And then that way I was ready to go when it was time to eat, it was time to eat. Right. And that's how I kind of went through it. Right. And so as far as I didn't necessarily need to lose body weight, that's not why I was doing it. I was looking at, okay, how would that affect my energy level? How would that affect my workouts? How would it affect my day throughout the day? And much of it kind of boosted it. It mm-hmm. boosted my metabolism and boosted just how I, I felt throughout the day.
0: But there are also benefits to weight loss with this.
1: Definitely can be. I mean, most people do it because they're looking for to lose some body fat. Mm-hmm. And you can. And studies show that because you are dropping your insulin levels so low throughout that fasting time frame, your body's going to utilize more stored body fat. Yes. And so then that way you can start losing that. And so then when you go to your time to eat, as long as you're eating under your calories, you're going to start losing weight.
0: Right. But I also think it's important to mention that that doesn't mean eight hours is a free for all.
1: No, it's definitely not. I mean, nobody's gonna tell you exactly what to eat in that time frame. At least most of those diets won't. Right. They're gonna give you guidelines. And that's where like along with what I was doing, it was making sure I got plenty of salads and greens throughout my day Absolutely. It, to keep your body more alkaline, that's huge in order for you to, to keep things in the right way. And also to just making sure you're eating healthy, lean proteins. There are a lot of good choices for those. Obviously, like we mentioned, chicken and fish are some. There's also lean grass-fed beef.
0: Absolutely. It's a
1: great source of lean protein. And then getting into your healthy fats. If you're not getting a lot of your healthy fats throughout your day, then it is really difficult to lose body fat. Some people you think, oh, i got to avoid fat to lose fat, and that's no. not the case. Getting rid of sugars are huge. I mean, that's actually one of the biggest things about this too is when you go through and you're eating more whole foods and getting rid of the processed foods, restricting your sugar intake, that is actually what kind of helps you get throughout the day too. Cause when you have all these sugar intakes, it, that's what's going to kind of spike your blood sugars, going to rise your insulin levels. But if you eat more healthy foods as far as a whole food product, your blood sugars never really rise and the insulin never really spikes as well. Mm-hmm. And it keeps you pretty steady. And right. I mentioned at night, whenever I eat my carbohydrates, it spikes a little bit, but that's because I'm having carbohydrates that burn quickly.
0: Yeah. Can you give a couple examples of the types of carbohydrates maybe you're thinking about or speaking of that yeah, would so make you speak? What I
1: would always do is, well, like the healthy ones is I would always. No, the unhealthy
0: ones. Yeah, no. So the healthy ones I would usually have
1: is sweet potatoes. Right. I would have like two to three sweet potatoes every night. Yeah. And those are the main ones that I would have. I mean, occasionally I would have. Of rice, but if that actually makes me spike higher in my blood sugars right. because I, I, I processed rice. But for
0: a lot of people, rice would probably be
1: not a know, bad choice. A, yeah, a nope. pretty decent um, choice. Um, but like potato is usually a good one. Usually, your sweet potatoes are the healthier ones. There's yellow potato, red potatoes. Your white potatoes are probably not as good, but they're still better than some of the other stuff that could be out there. Right. Any of those. What about fruits? So fruits are good. It's just the only problem with a fruit is that it's a higher in sugar content. Right. Now the sugar there is more of a fructose and yes, it's natural. And so natural. they're not bad for you. It's, so many people think, Oh my gosh, you got to stay away from all this sugar. Well, sugar is naturally in carbohydrates and it's food and in, in your fruits. Fruits are good for you in the sense that they allow for your body to get a lot of the nutrients you need. It gives you the natural carbohydrates you need. Some of them are more uh, higher on the glycemic index than yeah. others, such as bananas are really high on the Absolutely. glycemic index, right. which then could spike your blood sugars a little bit more. Versus, if you have like something like a berry, yeah, absolutely. Your berries are really low, and they kind of help give you many nutrients you need. So, I love berries actually. So, summertime is awesome for me because I get Aaron will go buy me some blackberries, some blueberries, some raspberries, and make little salads out of those. And those are great for my evening snack mm-hmm. before I go to bed. What
0: about yogurts? Greek yogurts in the evening? Like so does I,
1: does I, yeah, I usually does eat a yogurt. that all in that. Um, a yeah, little bit? so. There are many different thoughts on that too, as far as like the dairy products, maintaining, yeah. getting away from dairy, and all the different issues that come from dairy and your body. I found that if I eat like a Greek yogurt style product and I mix it with some of those berries, typically that's, you're finding great and, snack and, and any
0: anymore. Like there's so many different options if you are dairy free. There's some really great even almond.
1: Almond and coconut yeah,
0: milk. Yeah. Al- almond and coconut yogurts. milk oh yogurts that are excellent out there. And so that could even be something in the evening that you would have if you were looking for that carbohydrate mm-hmm. to add up, uh, you know, some different fruits. And it and
1: you and kind of helps with those cravings too. Cause there'll be some people that right. crave those that, sugars. That's sweet. That's yeah. something sweet. Like a if, dessert. Yep. Right. And berries are one that I just absolutely love. And it's so healthy for me too. So
0: yeah. And so there's a couple different types of intermittent mm-hmm. fasting out there. And the only one that I have actually given a go and stayed with is the same one that Brian's talking about. And I guess the benefits that I found with that is that, like Brian had said, it really gave like, it gave my gut time to rest. It gave my digestive system like a chance to, I feel like almost like regenerate. And so in the morning when I would wake up, like you had mentioned, I felt like I had more energy Like, I didn't feel like my stomach was as bloated or anything like that. And I was totally fine not eating by three or four o'clock in the afternoon because, like Brian said, you have that eight hours where you're trying to, you know, get all of your caloric intake, healthy caloric intake in. And by the time that time is up, you kind of don't want to eat anymore but, you know, at the same time, I think that if you want to give this a try, figure out, kind of experiment with it, be, you know, give yourself a little bit of ease and grace when you first are starting it to see where that falls as far as your start and your stop time if you're going to try the 16-8 method. I know that there's another method that you were going to speak of yeah, as there's, well. Well,
1: there's a well, there's the 5-2 methods where like you're eating on a normal daily basis for five days of the week and two days of the week. Mm-hmm. You go on a fast for 24 hours and they're typically not in a row. You go, so you go like, you'll eat maybe two days on, one day off kind of thing or whatever that works out to be for your seven days a week.
0: And when you say two days on,
1: two days of eating normal, eating like, normal. So like right. you eat throughout your day as you normally would, reducing your calories slightly. And then you go one day where you don't eat at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's a full day of fast. So it's a 24 hour fasting period. And they're showing benefits of that as well, too, just because. It, that allows your body just to rest and recover from all kinds of food for the 24 hours rather than just 16. Mm-hmm. And there are actually many different types of religions that practice this all the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And there's several times that I've found, that, I mean, some of my friends have done this one before, and they found their bodies to be stronger than it's ever have when they go through that time frame. So the same benefits you would find with the intermittent fasting are still there with the 5-2 method. It's just that it's going through a different process while you do it. And then there's the other one, another popular one is called the warrior diet. And that one is where you eat about 85 to 90% of your calories in a short period of time. Typically, this is about 20 hours where you're under eating or not eating at all and four hours where you're doing all your intake. And this one is more or less to where like, it's it's very similar to the intermittent fasting to the fact that you're going through a short period of time of eating, but it's just in four hours rather than eight. And many times these they'll go through it and... Again, it's just making sure that you're eating healthy fats, large amount of proteins, focusing on unprocessed foods. And there's a lot of benefit to this one as well. And again, the whole thing about the intermittent fasting style of eating has to do with just giving your body the reduction of calories throughout that period of time, mm-hmm. which then they're finding that allows your insulin levels to drop, which then allows for your body fat to be more utilized for energy and then allowing your gut and your digestive system to recover. And allowing for just all these other different health benefits as far as just like you mentioned, just getting your, your LDLs down, just getting your blood sugars down and getting, you know, reducing all those different things to allow for your body to be more healthy in that sense. Yeah. There are a lot of studies that show this again, but again, it still has a lot to do with just restriction of calories in the long run.
0: But I also think it's a good point that you brought up when you're talking about the intermittent fasting and possibly even Addressing one of the methods to where you're fasting for even a 24 hour period of time or even, you know, just during that 16 hours of time. Can we talk a little bit about water consumption and the, not only the importance of water consumption. If you're doing intermittent fasting, but just water consumption overall right. and the health benefits for, it? I mean, we all know that, you know, we need water to obviously keep our body hydrated and then, you know, yeah, it's, it's good for our skin and. You know, like I said, it, it keeps our hydration up. But what are some, when it comes to like diet, when it comes to weight loss or any of that, can you kind of go into depth a little bit more about water?
1: Yeah. So, well, just with water as an overall type, and you talk about it as a subject overall, your body is 60 to 70% of water. Right. Depending on the studies you look at, some say 60, some say 70. Either way, you're a lot of water. And if you're not drinking enough water to... Keep those percentages up, then your functions start to decrease. Mm-hmm. You start to lose the ability to do all the daily functions that happen inside of you, even brain function. Absolutely, brain function is a big one with that. If you don't have enough, I mean, you look about your actually your brain is even more water than the sixty to seventy percent. Yeah. So if you're not getting enough water to keep that thing hydrated, then you lose the ability to think properly lose the ability to just do all your daily functions just because you're not processing things properly. Right.
0: That's why I love that, like, a lot of our teachers now even are allowing our kids and our students to bring water bottles to school and that they can keep water on their desk and Absolutely. keep hydrating all day long because not only does it help with them to pay attention, but it's keeping their body, you know, definitely more alert and yep. hydrated throughout the day.
1: Yeah, so a couple of the other things that water benefits is one, it helps to energize your muscles if it, when you don't have enough water. The performance of your muscles starts to suffer. You're not able to perform and do the things you want to do. So especially if you're somebody who's athletic and want to perform, or even when you're working out to where you want to get the maximum use of that workout, if you don't have enough water in there, the muscles aren't able to do what they need to do. So then you start to fatigue really quickly.
0: So what actually happens to the muscle as we don't have you know, the amount of water that we need within it?
1: Well, it basically doesn't stay as full as it needs to. So then all the the processes that happen inside of it Mm -hmm. are affected. Like, I mean, we have... You can go into the, the whole Don't di- get t-
0: don't get too medical and with us. Okay. trying to make it a little a little more lay for
1: us. Well, so like I guess if anything, the biggest thing on that is that your ATP cycle that happens inside right. of there. So like you have the process of where your body creates energy and breaks off a phosphate in the ATP to make ADP and phosphate. So that's where you create more energy, which then keeps your body moving and makes the muscle do what it needs to do. Okay. When you have these processes happen, if it's not properly hydrated. It doesn't happen the way it's supposed to. It kind of just sputters out. It doesn't have the ability to do all the things. Right. So then
0: when we're, when we're using that muscle, we're not getting the maximum amount out of that muscle. No, you're not able to drive
1: it. You're not able to use as much force as you're supposed to. The force production decreases tremendously. Right. You're not able to keep up the endurance as long as you want to. All those different things. And that's
0: honestly not necessarily just for if you're working out. No, it's just like even that, for daily activities. Yeah, that's for your daily activities.
1: And so then if you're somebody who is highly active, you gotta increase your water intake. Yeah, or quite if you're somebody
0: who has a job that has manual labor, Yeah. I mean, you really do need to make sure you're having your water intake.
1: So then another big function of having enough water is actually for your kidney. Mm-hmm. Your kidney is well, there's the main toxin in your body, which is the blood urea nitrogen. And this can be passed through the kidneys, through the urine. Mm-hmm. So if you're not drinking enough water to allow it to kind of flush out of your system, it can actually build up inside your system and become more toxic to your body. Right. Which then becomes an issue. Now, some people think, oh, well, that's not me. I'm not having any issues. Well, if your urine is pretty dark, you're having more of those issues. Especially if it's brown. You're really having those issues.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that we were going to actually start talking about pee here. But well,
1: you talked no, about you're, the benefits you're of right. water. you're
0: so right. I mean, that is – but that no, seriously, though. In all seriousness, that is a really – good visual for someone to see and to be able to tell if they are getting enough water within right. their diet yeah the darker um, your
1: urine is the less water you're having consuming in your body right and then the other one you talk about urine sorry i'm gonna talk about <laughs> bowel function it allows for normal bowel <laughs> why function why not well be, i mean here's the thing no about this. why not
0: really it's because
1: if you're not drinking enough water then your colon is actually a great absorption place for water to happen And if you're not drinking enough water in through drinking water throughout the day, then it takes it from the stool in the colon and you become more constipated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so then anybody who's more constipated is not definitely not drinking enough water. Right. And that backs that all up and becomes an issue for you.
0: Right. And then it just continues the cycle.
1: Right. So, and no, not necessarily everyone wants to hear those things, but it's the, it's the reality of it all. So if you're not drinking enough water, there's all, all these other functions that start to decrease their ability to do what they're supposed to do. Right. And then you even look at just like all the different systems inside of your body. Again, like I said, we're 60 to 70% water. And if you're not getting enough water in there, they're not doing all the things they're supposed to do at a regular basis. So the optimization of that has been decreased significantly. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so the more you drink with water, and now drinking just liquids that may have water in it doesn't necessarily mean that you're drinking water. And I'm speaking of caffeinated type drinks that actually decrease water. So the other thing I'll just kind of briefly mention on that is if you're drinking something that is caffeinated, you need to drink twice the amount of water to just equalize or negate out that caffeinated water right so Cause caffeine
0: is a diuretic
1: yes and so if i drink one cup of coffee let's say i need to drink two cups of water
0: for that just for that, that one, water
1: that didn't even count for the amount of water i right. need that's to just for on
0: that one day. cup of coffee absolutely wash it out
1: yes so then i well, how much water i need throughout the day I, there's many different studies that show you different amounts of water but it's typically about one ounce of water will equal the amount of body weight you have mm-hmm. one ounce to per body weight And it could be even to half your body weight, whatever that might be. So so if you have somebody who's 200 pounds, you need to drink 200 ounces of water, 100 to 200 ounces of water. If you want to put that in in terms of like gallons, where that's at, 128 ounces of water equals one gallon of water. So if I weigh 200 pounds, then I need to drink one gallon and probably about a gallon and a half. Of water a day. Just to be on my normal. Now, that's not even me being active. Mm -hmm. So if I'm active throughout the day or if it's hot outside – really humid, and I'm losing more water just from my daily activities being outside, then I need to increase my water intake as with that as well.
0: And I've also heard that water can help with weight loss.
1: Absolutely can. So again, just with all those same functions is that if I'm drinking enough water, then all those functions can happen. So like we talked about the intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So if I'm drinking enough water throughout my day, then all those functions, those hormone functions that are supposed to happen can happen. Mm-hmm. All the things, my insulin levels can stay steady. My blood sugars levels can stay steady. Then I can start utilizing stored body fat. But if I don't drink enough water, then all those things still get kind of skewed right? and I'm not going to do what I need to do.
0: Right. And there's all different kinds of ways. Like you said, obviously, you know, we want to be careful if we're adding something to our water, but there's a lot of great ways now that we can use yeah, so, different infusions with the water. So like I Adding mentioned, cucumbers, when, lemon. Yep.
1: So like I was mentioning just throughout when I would do my intermittent fasting, I'd always do greens. So I, I drink greens all the time. Yeah. And we we talk, talked
0: about athletic greens. Yeah. Before. Athletic
1: greens is one of the things I do. So I, I won't drink a full scoop in my water. I'll put a little bit in my greens. Yeah, just kind
0: of sprinkle it in. Um, yep.
1: Sprinkle it in there. It doesn't always taste the greatest for some people, but it's a great way to put that in there and give you some different alkalinity inside of the body. So mm-hmm. Being more alkaline is huge, and we can talk about that some other time, but you want to stay more alkaline. So putting a little bit more greens in there is helpful to do that. Putting in in your water like lemons, or you mentioned cucumbers, creates a different electrolytes that happens. Right. There are different electrolytes as well you can place inside of that. You can buy them now.
0: But I think it's probably pretty safe to say that very few of us are getting the amount of water that we need every day.
1: No, and there's even doing it like almost like a sodium water, mm-hmm. which is kind of you think, well, why am I drinking sodium water? No, but-,
0: but when Brian and I did our cleanse where we were out on a pretty intense cleanse for five days yep. and we had there because were four of, different types of water. Yeah, we there drank. were four different types of water that we drank. There is definitely a purpose to different types of water depending on the type of diet that you're on. But if you're doing something with like the intermittent fasting or just every, if you're not doing intermittent fasting and it's just your normal day to day, I would definitely think about increasing your water and what that can do for the function of your body. They even have those water jugs and everything now that have like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, noon to where, you know, you try to get, it's like little goals for yourself. You try to drink that amount of water by a certain amount of time. And then like sometimes by the time you get to, you know, noon or, you know, one o'clock, it's like, okay, now refill it. Then there's your second one that right. you, you know, that you keep drinking.
1: Well, and then the other thing about having those different things in your water, it helps with keeping more satiety, your satiety level. So like, I don't get as hungry. Yep. So like when you're going through the fasting period, if I have a little bit of greens or if I have some electrolytes in there, it helps to satisfy my hunger sense. Yeah. To where I'm not getting as hungry. So then that I can allow myself to get further along in my fasting timeframe. Yeah. Where then now when it becomes, you know, get, as the time gets further along, then I, I can still make it without having to like, oh, I got to eat now. I got to eat now. So,
0: and that's a really common thing that, in almost any diet that they tell you yeah. is like before you eat, even to drink a glass of water or if you are hungry and it's not the time that you're supposed to be eating yet yeah. to go with no, water we can, we can even get
1: technical in as far as the timing of water prior to eating. But I would just give you a little Yeah, brief- let's not
0: get technical. <laughs>
1: About 15 minutes. <laughs> you want to try to avoid drinking too much water 15 minutes prior to your eating. Okay. Therefore your body can digest the foods properly, but, and you can get it down as way you need to, but.
0: Well, gosh, Brian, that was a lot of information on intermittent fasting and on water intake as well. I wanted to actually touch on protein a little bit, but I think we're going to save that for another episode because I want to make sure that we give that the amount of time that it deserves. Cause I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding or confusion or just curiosity on the amount of proteins that we need, whether we're male or we're female. And so definitely I'm going to have Brian back. He'll be a frequent guest for us because he is definitely an expert in this area. And I think that he does a really nice job of making things you know, fairly simple and understandable as well. So, Brian, again, thank you for taking the time today to kind of talk to us a little bit about intermittent fasting and the amount of water that our bodies need.
1: Absolutely, hope that was helpful for your, you and your listeners. You know, there's a lot of things that are out there. You can look at us all up online, but there's also a lot of misunderstandings of these things and just everybody trying to sell you a diet. Right. And honestly, the intermittent fasting thing is not necessarily a diet, but it's no. more or less just a like a method. Yeah, absolutely it's a more of a method the idea is to lose body weight but if you look at the levels that happens in the body there. I mean, it leads to weight loss. It leads to improved blood sugar levels. It leads to increased growth hormone levels.
0: Lower cholesterol.
1: Yeah. So it leads to those things if done properly. Mm-hmm. And but that it, doesn't
0: mean that you can be, during that eight-hour time, swinging by McDonald's or Taco Bell. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's still some <laughs> things you need to do properly. I mean, restricting the sugar intake and keeping away from processed foods, I think, are are across the board the best things to do with any type of diet plan you're going to choose. But
0: if you guys want more information or you have some questions about anything, please follow me on Instagram or Facebook. And you can also message me. And Brian and I can definitely work with you on any questions that you have. Or, you know, Brian even makes menu plans. And so I will put some more information within the show notes and on my website if you're interested in more of a customized menu plan for yourself. Yeah,
1: I've done that for many years as far as and it, they weren't necessarily all, like I said, intermittent fasting. No, done.
0: not necessarily. We can
1: we can tailor a, a menu plan based on your lifestyle, what works best for you, kind of the eating habits you have, and and helping you to improve those things. Just because there, are, it's kind of there's so many things that will benefit you. And sometimes, like I just had a well, he's an 18 year old boy, but all I had to do to him is I said, stop eating all the sugar. And stop eating all the processed food. Aaron's looked at it one time. He's like, oh my gosh. So
0: the thing is, is that before you actually submit or before a menu plan is created and customized for you, we will actually have you write down, you know, if you can, at least a week's period, three to five days, yeah, at least three days of of what you're eating every day so that we can understand what you're actually consuming and the pattern that you have. And like, like, no bullshit, like just whatever goes in your mouth. Yeah. write it down on paper because then that's a good starting point one for for brian to understand the trends that you have or the foods that you like the foods that you don't like so that you know it's not like you're just put on something you know that's strictly fish and you hate to eat fish right so like i said i will put some more information in our show notes for you and so if that's something that you're interested in please feel free to contact us
1: yeah so thank you guys very much for having me again I appreciate okay. it. All right. Have a great week.
0: Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Six Pack. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Please share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, click subscribe. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Have a beautiful week. And tell the important people in your life just how much you care about them. Much love and blessings to you all.